welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intelligence, forecast, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us. We have an incredible show for you today, a cool show, I'd say. We're going to talk about the restaurant industry. So we're going to look at how restaurants performed in 2015 and what to expect moving forward. We're also going to look at some of the factors impacting the restaurant industry. And then we'll also share some locations and operational tips. Please welcome my first guest is Darren Tristano. He is president of Technomic and he's headquartered in Chicago. They provide a 360 degree view of the restaurant industry. Darren, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me today. Well, we appreciate being with you here on Skype, you know, using technology here. So how did restaurants perform in 2015? Well, as a first look, restaurants performed well last year. Now, we still consider the industry to be relatively a mixed bag, where there are those that are performing very well and those that are struggling, and in some cases, uh, declining closing and, and losing sales. So overall, last year, we did a little bit better than the year before, so we're on a positive trend. Uh, we always like to talk about what's ahead. So when we look at 2016, we expect sales to remain relatively moderate, about 4 to 5 percent, which is good news, but even better news for restaurants, the costs of commodities are starting to come down. So that means that if sales are maintained year over year, but the costs are a little bit lower, it'll be a little bit more profitable for restaurant owners this year. Well, that's good news. So a 45 percent increase in sales is what you're expecting for 2016. And, and how does that compare to, say, say historic numbers? Well, historically, it's been around that 5% range now. We saw some tremendous growth from the period that ended, just began after 9-11, really through the recession in 2008, and we saw very strong growth rates, 6 7 8%. And then, obviously, the recession hit, and we saw a tumble, a few years of very difficult times. In fact, we're just now recovering and getting back to a level of sales, similar to where we were just before the recession. So overall, I'd say we're getting closer to more historical numbers and recognizing that you typically see two and a half, three percent food inflation price increase. So when we're looking at four to five percent, it's about two percent on a real basis, which is what's important to most operators. Overall, we're getting to a point where things are trending nicely. We expect it to continue, and hopefully we don't hit any bumps in the road ahead. And those are top-line numbers, right? So what do you expect moving forward for profitability for kind of the bottom line for the restaurants? Well, the restaurant industry is an interesting area. Typically, we talk about a 5% margin, which is not a lot of money. Unfortunately, because of the labor rates and minimum wage increases that are expected, it's getting more difficult for operators to maintain their margins. There are restaurants that are doing 20 to 25 percent returns. Those would be brands that include the Five Guys, Chipotle, Starbucks. So these are brands that are doing very, very well. And then there are others that are struggling at the bottom that are seeing a lot more competition. So really when you look at the market, you have to look at the segment that a restaurant performs in. So as we look at the industry today, talking about winners and losers, Surprisingly, fast food has rebounded nicely. They're doing very well. Those and the kind of family-style restaurants that you see, IHOP, Denny's, primarily because gas prices are low. Lower to middle-income consumers have more money in their pocket, which they typically spend, 
and want to indulge because they've got a lot of pent up demand. So what's struggled over the years, fast food and family style restaurants are actually rebounded nicely and are performing very well. Now we've seen fast casual and fine dining continuing to perform well, primarily because they really serve an affluent consumer who's more insulated from some of the economic conditions. So those two areas, although relatively small, are doing very well. And then we have casual dining, which has become a very low performing segment of the industry. You have restaurants like Applebee's and Chili's that aren't expanding. They're trying to do well. They're focusing on value, which deteriorates margin. And these restaurants, very large, are struggling to fill the seats day in and day out. So we're still seeing a little bit of growth there, but typically around the same as price inflation. So as we look at the industry, the restaurants that serve the more affluent consumer doing really well. Those that are now down into the middle and lower income groups starting to perform in casual dining, struggling at lunch, kind of stuck in the middle between great and poor quality food. So they're just not at a level that consumers are seeing them as a place to go frequently. We're talking with Darren Tristano. He's president of Technomic about the restaurant industry. And Darren, it's the commercial real estate show. So I'm curious about rent to revenue ratios for the restaurant industry. What do you see those for the typical various types of restaurants? And how is that trending? Have you seen any changes there? Well, you know, there's really nothing typical about rent to revenue. It, depending on if you're a very large restaurant that might do banquet versus a small pizza operator that out of a very small space can do a lot of revenues. So I think the more important question is how does the commercial real estate industry look at restaurants? Today, incredibly competitive. Those brands that are expanding are looking for A locations. A lot of these locations are currently occupied so there's somewhat of an arm wrestle or a struggle for them which means that rents are going to continue to go up quite nicely and these restaurants are going to fight for the key spaces because we just don't have enough of them. As we talk to operators, real estate has become one of the hardest parts of their strategy. Finding A locations, oftentimes settling for B locations. So I think when it comes down to the rent versus the revenue, I think you have to be in a good strong position to evaluate that but ultimately it also comes down to the level of sales you're going to receive and how that's going to impact the operating expenses and ultimately the ability for an operator owner to stay in business, to continue to pay their rent and to be viable over a five or 10 year period to really absorb those tenant improvement allowances. Yeah, well said, I agree. Location is so key to restaurants. We're talking with Darren Tristano, he's with Technomic uh, about the restaurant industry. And one of the things that my viewers and listeners are curious about is technology and technology sort of impacting every industry. Is there a certain type of technology that's really having an impact, maybe that's moving the needle in the restaurant industry? Well, I think when we look at the restaurant industry, they're, they're somewhat of a late adopter to technology. It's still a very manual, kind of hands-on type of industry. And with hospitality, there is a caution that we don't want to see technology replacing hospitality. So ultimately, the technology should enhance the customer experience. When it comes down to it, certainly tablets at the table have become very popular. Now, a couple of the reasons why consumers indicate they like them are that they can pay the check when they want. They have the convenience. And to be able to strike a credit card at the table, sign and leave, it's a nice way to enhance the experience. Now, also, there's gaming. So a lot of venues like a Buffalo Wild Wings, Chili's, even Olive Garden have created gaming opportunities 
to keep the kids busy. So for me, going to dinner with my family was a special occasion. It was about interacting. But today, parents need a break from their kids. <laughs> so giving them the ability to play games at the table, even though most kids have their own tablets, has become somewhat essential to some of the restaurants. But overall, I think social media delivery, where we see a lot of third parties doing more delivery, where you are using them to go to the store, buy the meal, and deliver it, um, becoming mobile engaged has become very important. And then ultimately, social media. We just finally saw McDonald's come out with a new app that connects their younger consumers to their brand. It allows them to communicate better, to offer specials, to inform them, and even in many cases to ask questions from the consumer to find out what they're thinking, what they'd like to see, and how they're doing as a brand. So I think overall, the, the tabletops that allow you to check out of a restaurant, look at menus, uh, the gaming for the kids, and the ability for younger consumers to be able to connect to a restaurant brand and interact with them has become ways that technology has certainly helped the restaurant operator. Well, that makes a lot of sense, and uh, you got to keep those kids busy, right? <laughs> keep them quiet. Sure We're short on the break, Darren, but you also mentioned some of the restaurants being uh, smaller than they used to be. What's the trend there? Well, I think the trend is it's easier to control your costs than it is to control your revenue at times. So the opportunity to reduce your footprint, your square footage, has allowed a lot of restaurants to move down into smaller spaces uh, that might be a little bit tighter, a little more tough if you're doing catering, but because consumers are starting to eat more outside the restaurant, that means in your car with one hand on the wheel and one hand on a sandwich, it means taking it back to work or taking it home. So oftentimes there are less consumers who are coming in to dine at the restaurant. They're on the go, they come in, they grab their food, they wanna leave and go eat somewhere else. So reducing the platform so that you have less dine-in square footage allows you to reduce rent and become ideally more profitable. And certainly that's going to help operators today. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Well, Darren, thanks for joining us. We appreciate uh, you being on the show. Thank you for having me. Well, stay tuned. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to have some major operators in Studio One to share some tips and strategies. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by CCIM Institute, commercial real estate's global standard for professional achievement. Visit ccim.com slash CRE show. That's ccim.com slash CRE show. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Well, today we're talking about the restaurant industry. We now have an industry icon here in Studio One. We have George McCarroll with us. He's CEO of Ted's Montana Grill. He's co-founder there with Ted Turner. He also had founded Longhorn Restaurants, which you all know about. It's done really well. And George has uh, received a lot of awards from the restaurant industry throughout his career. Glad to have you, George, here in Studio One. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Michael, it's great to be here. It's always an honor as an old dog to get out and talk about what we're doing as an industry. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. And, you know, the industry, as we just heard, has, is doing really well. And I hear Ted's Montana Grill is doing really well. Uh, in fact, was there uh, recently, had a great meal. So are you guys in the expansion mode at, at this air place w where we are in this cycle? 
Absolutely, and you know, we've really been looking to develop and have been in a, in a growth mode for the last several years. Obviously, we took some time off after the 2009-2010 uh, situation with not only real estate, but the whole economic situation. Uh, regrouped as a, as a restaurant company and, mm -hmm. and, and had to refocus and make sure that our brand was still relevant and that we could, could grow appropriately. And we've been able to do that. We've opened um, four new restaurants since 2010 and we're going to expand into the future up to about four to five new restaurants a year. Four to five a year. Uh -huh. Okay. And tell us what makes a good site for you guys? What's a good location? Well, I mean, look, I mean, you know, we, we, st we believe in demographic research and, um, you know, I've worked with Claritas and others over the years and really try to develop a deep model. I mean, I will st preface this by saying, in my opinion, the only thing predictable about the restaurant business is it's unpredictable. <laughs> right. So, you know, once you get past that risk hurdle and then you get over the fact that I've got a whole lot of restaurant sites in my career at Longhorn, Rare Hospitality, Capital Grill, et cetera, that were blow away successes that I thought were going to be good. And I've gotten an awful lot of places that were going to be incredibly good that turned out, turned out to be just average or mm -hmm. poor. So it, it's, it's, it's a gamble, but you can mitigate your risk. Um, first of all, we're looking for a 50-50 day part. Uh, we're an all-day concept that opens at 11 in the morning with the same menu with a few additions for dinner that continues till closing at 10 o'clock at night. So we're looking for a 50-50 day part lunch to dinner. Okay. So we're looking for that daytime uh, driver, business, office, hotel, retail. Um, we also are looking for co-branding opportunities. We're a small company, 45 restaurants spread out in 17 states. We don't have density of population. We don't do uh, traditional advertising of any mm -hmm. kind. So we're looking for uh, co-drivers of our business. That's other restaurants, obviously mixed use retail, office components and residential, movie theaters, et cetera, that kind of drive a gathering place. And we've been doing that really since we started 13 years ago. Okay. So we were a little ahead of that curve because that's certainly where the millennial market is going, I believe. Okay, what <clears throat> size range are you looking for, square footage wise? Um, you know, we've, we, we've had a wide variety. When we started, I saw this as a 33, 3,500 square foot, you know, kind of a end cap user. Uh, we, we have developed freestanding real estate. We, we've developed buildings as big as 6,000 square feet. Mm -hmm. um, but our ideal sweet spot is 4,200 feet. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we'll go on either mm -hmm. side of that a little bit less. Uh, but if, if, if we're in the 42 to 4,500 square foot range, it, it gives us an economic model under current conditions. I mean, let's face it, the cost of real estate has gone up, up, up mm -hmm. over the last 10 years. Cost to buy the land, cost to build the building. And so, you know, it's a factor of the landlord's got to have X amount of return on investment in order to make the investment, and we do too. So we find that that size uh, facility gives us the sales we need, at a at a occupancy cost that we can tolerate. Are there any cities that are really on your radar to expand in? Um, actually, there are. I mean, mm -hmm. we've been doing extensive marketing. So we've had a strategy in the past since we're spread out the way we are. The majority of our restaurants are in Atlanta and Denver. Mm -hmm. 23 of our total restaurants are in those two cities. The other 22 are spread out into obviously, you know, one here, two there, three there. So we've used a backfill strategy. Mm -hmm. So we've been developing in Ohio and Columbus and Nashville, Tennessee and Lexington, Kentucky and all those places, the mid-Atlantic around DC, 
Maryland, Virginia, where we have restaurants. Mm -hmm. um, now we're expanding beyond that and saying, okay, we're not gonna be able to meet our hurdle rate of number of units we wanna open by with strictly there. So we're active in Florida, looking at the West Coast primarily, Tampa, St. Pete, uh, Tampa, Sarasota area, Jacksonville. Uh, we're active in, in the Carolinas. We're building our first restaurant in Charlotte, mid of, middle of this year, and we'd like to develop that market further. We're still active in the mid-Atlantic, moved into Maryland this uh, past year at the end of the year, and we'd like to expand our presence in Maryland and Virginia and around and even into the district. Um, we're active around the Philadelphia market. We've got one successful restaurant there. We're going into Christiana, Delaware. We're looking to, near King of Prussia, so we're there. Um, and we're, we're looking in, uh, in Texas. And we've kind of identified Texas with the economic boom and the stability of the economy there. And uh, Which cities in Texas? Dallas is our first target market. Okay. And um, so it's not that we won't. I mean, we're also looking in Cincinnati, Ohio, mm -hmm. to expand our presence and, and again, try to connect the dots. Um, we're staying away from the extreme Northeast in the Boston market. Mm -hmm. We find uh, the appetite for our restaurant, while we have a highly successful restaurant up there mm -hmm. from the real estate side, developers have been reluctant to put a Ted's Montana Grill in place. Mm -hmm. um, we're staying away from Chicago right now. We just mm -hmm. haven't been able to get to traction we thought we'd get in mm -hmm. Chicago and the real mm -hmm. estate's expensive. So, you know, we're trying to go where we either have a previous reputation or we believe the demographics in this and the in the city's ready and willing and able to accept the Ted's and okay and how are you finding the selection out there now I mean there's not been a lot of new supply and retail there's been some some mixed-use uh, developments that have happened uh, are you able to find great locations is it hard is it easy what do you see you know I, I've been doing this a long time mm -hmm. it's never been more difficult yeah. Um, in my opinion, and, and there's several reasons if, if I can expand on it a little bit. One, obviously there was a complete slowdown and a shutdown of, of really new development. Right. And we find that easier for us. It's not that we won't take a second generation space or we wouldn't, we're not really buying land or, or, or building on, on uh, ground leases right now, but we have in the past. Mm -hmm. We've just been more successful as a tenant in a good upscale mixed-use development than any place else. So we've narrowed the target as much as we can to that. That's primarily new space. It's easy to get meet codes and spend, you know, a reasonable amount of money. So There's less surprises. Yeah, right? exactly. So so that's that's number one. And and those are tough because first of all, they're a startup, but what I see is this. You know, hey, before the the slowdown you know, a color glossy photo, a list of LOIs, and the bank was handing out money and 97%, you know, financed, and off we go. And then some of those people actually built, you know, in the space or they didn't. And, and now, you know, we're finding that the developers got to produce 70, 80% leased properties before they, they have approved for the finance, before they can take it down. Yeah. So that we've added a full year to 18 months to the cycle. Hmm. Then second of all is the really good restaurants and especially there's an appetite for real local, mm -hmm. right? So developers are really fascinated with local. Yeah. I caution them on that. I mean, yeah. you know, there's not much balance sheet usually and all that. So, you know, there's a lot of opportunity, yeah. but you just gotta be in the fight. You gotta win the battle. That's right. Well, all right, well stay tuned. We'll have more on the restaurant industry. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back.
The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty, commercial real estate asset and occupancy solutions. Call 800-408-2855 or visit bullrealty.com. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Today we're talking restaurants with George McCarroll, CEO of Ted's Montana Grill. And George, you've been in the business for a long time. You've been real successful. What's new in the business? Seems like technology is impacting every industry today. Is technology impacting the restaurant industry? And what are you seeing new? Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, we hear about it all the time. I mean, technology in the back office has been really, really a, a boon for a lot of folks. And, you know, it gives us a tremendous amount of analysis and a, and a lot of understanding and tools that should help our business be managed better and help us have visibility into things that we need to see in terms of trends and other things. You know, I, I happen to be a little bit old school. I, it's it, As long as it's used as a tool, it's really good. But if it becomes a crutch where we, we think the machine's going to tell us how to operate a restaurant, we've got a problem. Uh, the other big thing, obviously, is technology at the table. And, you know, I mean, the jury's still out. But with the Europay and MasterCard Visa program coming along, which is a change in credit card accountability and responsibility, we're going to start to see something that's been going on in Europe for 25, 30 years, which is your credit card's never going to leave your hand and there's going to be pay at the table. And that's going to come in various ways. There's certainly kiosks now and, and screens and other things. And we're going to opt more towards a traditional guest check look, et cetera. And mm -hmm. yes, there'll be a ability for you to put your card in right there at the table. I mean, we're the only country in the world that I know of where we freely surrender our credit cards to retailers and, and restaurants. Yeah, yeah, like here we are. So, you know, I mean, that that's coming our yeah. way. Um, I think there's a little debate still about the human side of the business and I think that technology in a way has taken some of the hospitality and personality out of not only the service force, the team that's there, because they're very electronic minded. I mean, you know, I've got a young daughter that would much rather text me than talk to me on the <laughs> telephone. And I don't think that really works, yeah. especially in up, upscale casual like we are and, and finer dining. So I don't know where that all lands. And then obviously in the real estate world, there's a tremendous amount of an analytics that we've talked a little bit about that we can do to, to thoroughly understand who our demographic is, what the demographic profile of the sites we're looking at are. Mm -hmm. And so that stuff's all evolving all the time. So I, I really do think technology is here to stay. I think it's, it's a tool that can be advantageous. I just always caution our people to make sure we use it as a tool, not as a crutch. Right. Well, that's a good point. I think uh, I'm probably not unlike a lot of customers that uh, I like to be appreciated. You know, I go in a restaurant and, you, and if you show me appreciation, you're trying to take care of me, you can let some other things go, you know? Exactly. Um, well, I mean, that's the beauty of some of these systems. We use guest manager mm -hmm. through Aloha. We use uh, in, in some of my fine dining restaurants, open table. And it's nice to say, oh, hi, Michael, I see you were here, you know, two weeks ago and do you want yeah. your martini chilled over and up? And that makes you feel special. And we're all fighting for market share. I mean, there's, you know, there's way too many restaurant seats in the United States really already and more on the way all the time. So, 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 so we're all fighting for our market share. Yeah. Well, as you founded uh, a Longhorn Steakhouse, it was there the other day when I walked in, 
uh, I sat at the bar and she said, uh, you, this is your beer, this is your steak, this is your salad, this is what you'd like. And I'm like, wow, that's fantastic. Because that's yeah. exactly what I was going to order. Exactly. And she just looked at me and knew that. I mean, that's service, right? That's what you've taught. Right, yeah. exactly. So the business has been going really well and, and things have been looking really good. Are there some things that maybe worry restaurant uh, operators today? What are some headwinds that might be out there? Well, I mean, obviously, um, you know, supply chain management and cost has been an effort, and I think there's a little fatigue out in the marketplace mm -hmm. for the consumer. We had a lot of price inflation mm -hmm. at the wholesale level that turned into the retail level. Um, obviously, the the wage and hour situation with you know uh, whether it passes or not, the emotional wage now is fifteen dollars, mm -hmm. you know, to start, and that's going to put pressure on our on our P and Ls, obviously, yeah. and the cost of entry. Um, you know, occupancy cost is going up because of what we talked about earlier. And so if you couple high pressure on cost of sales, high pressure at labor, and high pressure at, at, at occupancy cost, we've already got thin margins historically, and um, they just keep getting thinner and thinner. And so those are really the three that, you know, they're, they're always our worry, but, but they're pretty, pretty in the near forefront, I yeah. guess, is what yeah. I'm saying. And we're sure on the break, and I know you've got a big meeting to go to. So uh, quickly, uh, tell me your opinion on this. seems like a lot of the shopping center owners today want the experience of restaurants, and we're putting a lot of restaurants. Quick answer, are there too many restaurants in some of these markets? Some of them there are, but, yeah. but at the same time, I think we've replaced the traditional retail draw, and, and the landlords have figured out wisely. Mm -hmm. Restaurants are a better and more consistent long-term draw for their centers uh, than, than, you know, the local clothing store. Are they store giving you the good restaurant. packages? Yeah, they are. And, yeah. and, and, and the cost of, of, of TI is going up. Their willingness to give TI yeah. is back in a fever. But there's also a high, you know, they're asking for a high base rent, right. and that gets tough. George, thanks for joining us. Hey, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having Appreciate me. Appreciate it. Stay tuned. We'll have more on the restaurant industry, including a design build firm, to talk about construction and tips there. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Excelligen, the resource professionals like CCIMs, CBRE, JLL, Colliers, and Bull Realty use for market intelligence. Commercial Search is the site to market and find available properties to buy, sell, or lease all over the country. Visit CommercialSearch.com. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Ball. Today we're having fun talking about the restaurant industry. Please welcome my next guest. I have Tony Akeley. He's president of Restaurants Consulting Group. He's been on the show uh, with us before and provided great information, so we have to have him back. Tony, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. We also have John Akeley. He is a hospitality attorney, uh, helps a lot of restaurants with their legal work, and he's with Akeley Law Group. And uh, if you notice the name change, yes, father and son. Thanks for joining us, John. Thank you for having me, Michael. You know, one of the things that we, we're hearing about is, you know, rising construction cost, uh, both in building new new buildings where we sell a lot of land to people, uh, new buildings, and also in build out an office. And it has to be going up in the restaurant industry. What do you guys see? Definitely. The cost of construction is spiraling every day. I mean, from material to labor to uh, furnishing and uh, even accessories for the restaurant. 
And what are some price ranges per foot that, that might shock some new new restaurant investors? Yeah, it really arranges. You can do a rest depending on how much the landlord contribution of you doing from indoor out, you know, inside, outside, whatever you're doing with the restaurant, it ranges from $150 a square foot to $450, $500 a square foot. Wow, just for a build out. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. So, so you guys do design and, and build and, and also consult for uh, restaurants. You know, what are some tips for operators that are opening a new restaurant to, to work with architects and to work with uh, builders? Are a few, maybe two top tips for them? started this design build trend back in the 90s and it's becoming actually the way to go for the restaurateurs. We're bridging the gap and cutting the cost of any project because we're eliminating the middleman. We do the design build, we uh, study the interior of the restaurant, we create the atmosphere and they don't have to go through the bidding process, they're saving on time and saving on, on cost That's by going one stop. That's helpful. And speaking of one stop, uh, once they've uh, picked out a location that they like, uh, you can also help them uh, with some demographics there, right? Yes, most of our business come from brokers like you, and we meet with them when they start searching for a location, and we advise them and uh, try to find out what are the complications with the site, what it's going to take to build it. We do the projected cost for the project before they even sign their lease, and we work with them to define what the landlord is going to give them is going to cover the cost sometimes they think they're getting fifty dollars a square foot they're going to be able to build the restaurant so we try to shed a light on the cost of the construction for them from the beginning what are a couple of the gotchas that uh, are kind of common that uh, restaurant operators should really watch out for when they're doing a new build out really they need to check on zonings on uh, limitations on what they can do with the exterior if they want to do the exterior what are the uh, uh, plumbing restrictions, uh, whatever the landlord is providing for them, is it adequate to do a restaurant? Sometimes they think they ha they can take any building and turn it into a restaurant without any complications and minimal cost. These are the things I need to look at. And a lot of retail landlords now and shopping centers, they're looking for restaurants and they want the experience, uh, they want to draw in uh, traffic. Any tip for landlords to help them attract more restaurants? Is there anything you see some landlords do that maybe makes restaurant op operators shy away? Most of the landlords really are not they don't use the right architects to design the spaces for a restaurant use. So that's the biggest challenge in many of these, especially in the high-rise building that's going on in Atlanta right now. It seems like they build these huge buildings, but they don't account for the restaurants that the, the landlord and the owners want to put into their buildings. So you end up costing, the project costing twice as much as it should be because it didn't allow for restaurants from the start. Yeah, so, so maybe bring in a restaurant architect with your original building architect to kind of design things right to begin with, right? That will help a lot. Yeah. Okay. And, and John, tell to us about leases and some of the things that you see if for, a, for a tenant or a landlord that they may want to watch out for in leases related to restaurants because 
you know, there's a lot more moving parts, right, in a restaurant lease than just a typical retail lease. For sure. I think it kind of goes back to what he's saying. Um, in the onset, when you get your lease, it's important for the tenant to look at what the landlord is providing and what the landlord's work is going to be. Um, I see a lot of disputes between tenants that go in without their architect and without their contractor and lease space, and then they get down the road and realize that they weren't getting everything from the landlord that they had anticipated, and then they see large upfront costs. You know, you're talking $25,000, $50,000 in additional costs that they could never have foreseen because they didn't consult an architect or contractor. So generally, when I'm doing any kind of tenant representation, I try to insist that they engage somebody else to kind of look at the project and give them a, an assessment from an outsider's perspective and not listen necessarily to just what the landlord is explaining to them what the space may need. Right. Well, that's a good advice because, you know, you're going to give them legal advice on the on the lease, but uh, if you need someone else that's doing that design, doing that bill, they can come in and let them know, hey, that $50 a foot's not going to cut it, right? You said it might and, be. And when we give them these budgets, we usually establish all the way from the construction to the uh, FFNE so they get a good picture of where they are. A lot of them underestimate the FFNE cost and the project. What's the short and long-term timelines that you've seen for some of these uh, build-outs to take from the time that you start? You have a design? The, the biggest issue is the permitting. Permitting, and especially in the city of Atlanta, is becoming uh, beyond comprehension, especially with the health department and so forth. So you have to allow at least four months for design and permitting, okay. three, three to four months minimum. And then your build out. Uh, and the build out is another 120 days to 150 days. And if you're doing from ground up, you're looking at 180 days yeah. plus. Okay. Well, I know a lot of cities are having troubles getting the permitting done uh, quickly. Well, stay tuned. We're going to have more on the restaurant industry, some more tips for landlords and tenants, investors, and operators. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Are you in accounting, banking, or technology? Advertising on this show is an incredible way to reach U.S. commercial real estate participants. Visit CREshow.com or call 888-612-SHOW. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Today we're talking about the restaurant industry. My guests are Tony Akeley with Restaurants Consulting Group and John Akeley with Akeley Law Group. Guys, we're talking about some of the trends that we're seeing in the industry. And, and one of the trends I'm curious to ask you guys about is kind of the size of, of restaurants. What are you seeing there? Are they getting larger? Are they getting smaller? Or? Mostly getting smaller due to the increase in cost of real estate as well as construction. And we, I find that the most effective square footage lately is going to be between three and four thousand square feet. Anything uh, larger than that has to be a national chain that, depending on volume, all day long to make it. Right. Well, it's nice too. I think when you go into a restaurant or a club or something, and it, it looks busy. Right? That's right. <laughs> I was a restaurant near here that you go in, and it's so cavernous that, you know, it never looks busy. It never looks happening. Right. That's right. And what about design trends? It seems like some of the restaurants I go into are pretty hip. They're, they're pretty cool. What are some of the newest trends there? The trends for this year is continuing to be the hard surfaces, concrete walls, uh, unfinished ceilings, uh, conduits showing in the ceilings. But you have to soften that with the um, fabrics and wall 
treatments and things like that. But at the same time, we see in a trend coming back on limited basis is the uh, white tablecloth trends is coming back because of the older generation is looking for a quieter place that can sit down and enjoy it, even though there's a lot of restaurants now with the, the wood and the uh, sustainable material are still also trendy for the younger generation with wood table, table tops and wood treatment on the walls. So it, it tend, I think it's going to continue for this for the next couple of years. Okay. And if you're uh, talking to a landlord of a retail center and he's looking at the design and construction for, for a restaurant, what advice would you give him in that regard as far as either design or construction or the process? As far as the... What, what could he watch out for? Should he have his own architect involved or I'd, his own... I think if, they, if they're doing from ground up new construction, they need to consult with somebody who knows about restaurants to allow for the restaurant tenant to have the amenities that needed for the restaurant to be successful. And John, what about for tenants regarding the new space? What are some tips that you give them? I think it's very important that they find someone that knows restaurant operation if they don't know it themselves. When they're looking at legal representation for negotiating their lease, having someone that understands their restaurant and their business model is going to be a huge help for them. Um, in some of the spaces that I've worked with, people want to do open fire cooking. But if you're in a mixed use development, you can't do that. So it completely changes their concept. After they've gotten into the lease stage. Um, you know, you need to look at the use provision, also the subletting and assignment for your exit strategy. It's just really depending on how you see your business and envision it growing in the years to come and how, how you're going to deal with that once you're actually in the situation. Right, so that gives them the flexibility, right? So exactly. If that concept gets tired after a while and they've mm -hmm. signed a 10-year lease, they've got some flexibility. Mm -hmm. And I love your tip there as far as you know, finding the, the right attorney. I mean, I, I don't know how many attorneys are like you that have such uh, experience in the restaurant industry, but uh, I think, you know, some clients will see that uh, they're doing a retail lease and they get their, their buddy, they know it's an attorney, or they're doing an office lease and they get their buddy who's not even a real estate attorney sometimes, and then we're having to push back and be polite, but hey, I know you went to college with the guy, but you know what, he doesn't specialize in retail restaurants, so you know you really need to find someone else. Yeah, or even they go and they find a litigation attorney that handled their divorce or, or their personal injury claim, yeah. you know. And, you know. and we love attorneys, but uh, I'm, you know, th there's a lot of smart attorneys and they realize you know, they'll refer them and you know, they want them represented by someone you know, who does it every day. Exactly. That's true. I think uh, I want to add also regarding the trends, I think the trends for the Next few years is going to be also the increased dining at bar bar dining. So bar dining. Yeah. Like to sit at the bar and eat I, instead. I of like to sit at the bar and eat. Well, gentlemen, thanks so. for joining us today. We appreciate Welcome. it. Thank you. All right, and thank you for joining us out there on the 32 stations on iTunes and on YouTube. And uh, be sure and join us next week. We'll have another great show. And until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by CCIM Institute, commercial real estate's global standard for professional achievement. Visit CCIM.com slash CRE show. Bull Realty Commercial Advisors, a great place to do business. Visit BullRealty.com. Excelligent, the resource professionals use for commercial real estate information. Visit Excelligent.com. That's X-C-E-L-I-G-E-N-T. 
commercial search, the source to market and source available properties for sale or lease. Visit commercialsearch.com. For more information on these great companies or for additional videos, podcasts, or articles, visit CREshow.com.